0: I am Jack Hampton, and this is the Hampton Hoops Podcast. Legend. Absolutely.
1: It's a throwaway year for LeBron James. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me.
0: Let's get it. Happy Friday, everyone. On today's show, I give you my game of the week, a new segment called my Friday rant. And yes, it's Friday, so you know we have to have a conversation with Cooper Neal. Let's jump into it. Let's get into our first segment of this Friday pod called Game of the Week, G-O-T-Dub. This game took place on Tuesday night between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Washington Wizards, where the Clippers defeated the Wizards in Washington, 116-115. to You may ask, Jack, why does this game matter? Both these teams are below five hundred, And by the way, the Clippers had the same sorry starting five that they had last week, so why does it matter? Well, it matters because the Wizards had a 35-point lead, and with that lead, you would think they'd be able to hold it no matter what point they had that 35-point lead. The Wizards came storming back behind an Amir Coffey, game-leading 29 points. Did Amir Coffey outplay Bradley Beal? Yes, he did. Am I embarrassed that I shit on this man last week? Yes, I am. But he did outplay Bradley Beal. Although it wasn't Amir Coffey down the stretch, it was Luke Kennard down the stretch. The Clippers were down six with nine seconds left when Luke Kennard hit damn near a logo three to cut it to three-point lead for the Wizards. At this point, there's about 9 seconds left. All the Wizards have to do is inbound the ball, and they're probably going to get fouled, and they can get it right back to a two-possession game. But no, the Wizards can't even do that. They can't even get the ball in, so they get a 5-second call, turn the ball right back over to the Los Angeles Clippers, and at this point I'm like, well, at worst, it's going to overtime. The Clippers can hit a 3 to tie it, and that's at worst. So, the Clippers inbound the ball, do a dribble handoff to Luke Kennard, where Luke Kennard hits a 3 to tie the game, but he not only hits the three, he is fouled while doing so. So Luke Kennard now has a chance to complete the four-point play and take the first lead of the ball game with a free throw and one second on the clock. Of course, Luke Kennard knocks down this free throw, they take their first lead of the game, and they go on to complete the 35-point comeback on the Washington Wizards in Washington. So yes, that's why this is important, and if I don't talk about the Los Angeles Clippers for the remainder of the season, I'm fine. I know they're not the flashiest team, but when you complete a 35 point comeback and Amir Coffee has 29 points and Luke Kennard goes out of his mind down the stretch. I have to talk about this game. Now it is time for my brand new segment called my Friday Rant. How I haven't talked about my favorite player in the NBA since this podcast has begun is beyond me. So let's talk about him. Demetrius Jamel Morant, also known as Ja. Let me read you his last four games. 41 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. 35 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. 38 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. 33 points, 8 rebounds, 4 14 assists. If he is not an all-star starter with Stephen Curry, I don't know who is. Luca, You like watching Luca walk the ball up the floor and hit a step-back three? Or do you like watching a 160 pound point guard trying to dunk over every human that's ever been in the NBA? John Morant has been on an absolute tear lately. He's kept his team locked into the three seed with key pieces such as Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks out an extended period of time. Oh yeah, and the Grizzlies have a better record than the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Now that I'm on this rant, looking at a map, why aren't the Memphis Grizzlies in the East? Oh, but Jack, Ja Morant doesn't play any defense. Bro, have you seen this man's blocks? Although Ja may not win MVP this year, he definitely will in years to come. So shout out Ja Morant. Now it's time for another Friday with Coop, where we discuss a suspension of Grayson Allen, our top five MVP candidates, a possible John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade, and a new small market star coming onto the scene. Hope you all enjoy it. What up, what up, Coop? Good to see you again, my friend. What up, bro? Grayson Allen has been suspended for one game for his flagrant two foul on Alex Caruso in last Friday's Bulls-Bucks game. Yes, I know this was last week, but we're getting into it again because it was too important and uh, it was too viral, I should say. Uh, The foul caused by Grayson Allen fractured Alex Caruso's wrist, and he's now out six to eight weeks. If anyone listening hasn't seen the video, I strongly suggest you watch it. Uh, Bulls coach Billy Donovan had a lot to say after the game about this. And he said, and I quote, for Alex to be in the air like that and for Allen to take him down like that, it could have ended Caruso's career. And Allen has a history of this. That to me was really, really dangerous. And I really hope the league takes a hard look at something like that because Allen could have really, really seriously hurt them. Alex Caruso after the game also chimed in and said, the dude just grabbed me out of the air. And Caruso later expressed, his wrist was pretty banged up. As we know now, he's out six to eight weeks. And yes, uh, to reiterate, uh, the league did suspend Grayson Allen one game. Cooper, my question for you is what is your opinion on the situation and was the suspension fair or should there have been a smaller or bigger punishment for it?
1: First off, I hope you get better, Caruso, because honestly I love both Grayson Allen and Alice Caruso. Um, for the culture? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the suspension, yes, I'm going to say it was fair. Um, but like with Billy Donovan's statement, Grayson Allen hadn't been a dirty player since college. And I mean, and I can say that because we traded for him and he played for the Grizzlies and was really good. And we just traded him away so that we didn't have to pay him basically. And granted, I wasn't watching this game live, but when it all started going out, i kind of watched some of the uh, videos just to kind of get a glimpse of what actually happened. I mean, if you look at it, the fr- the left hand, so Caruso's coming down the lane on the left side and, Grayson's crossing court from the so both of these guys are going at very different angles at full speed it's a a fast break turnover um and if you look at it Grayson goes up with his left hand and is literally on his wrist like I mean he's his hands at the wrist and like close to the ball and he's going for the ball it's the other hand that comes across and kind of smacks down but like if you really watch the play full speed it literally just looks like two dudes going up and just is kind of like they're both going full speed and one's going one direction and the other going the other direction. Like that's the only way they could go. And so I'm not justifying that because obviously you never want to see a guy get hurt in the game, especially a guy that literally is in his second or third game back from injury. And now he's out six to eight weeks again. Like for one, you hate it for Alex Caruso, but two, you also hate it for Grayson Allen because it's one of those things where you're like, people are going to assume that I did this intentionally because of the rep I have, like that sort of thing. You know what I mean? And so like, for both players it sucks because now people are just going to look at Grayson Allen and every time he fouls they're going to be like oh that was intentional, that was dirty, that was this, that was that and I hate that for him but at the end of the day it, it looked like a basketball move it was a hard fall um, and I know you know as Grizzlies fan every time we see jar or Jaren fall to the ground we're like oh and so like I mean, <laughs> it's, it's basketball and you know I hate it because I mean obviously we're talking about it because Got coaches coming out saying he's a dirty player, this, this, and this. And then dude saying, I don't know why he just ripped me down from the air. But if you look at it, it really doesn't look like he grabs a hold and just slams him to the ground, sumo wrestler, wrestling style. I mean, he looked like he was going for the ball. And, I mean, obviously, Grayson was trying to go, like, make sure he was okay, but then everybody kind of told him back up and stuff like that. So, like, in the end, I really, I really do think Grayson Allen's matured just from what I've watched from – Obviously, the Grizzlies and just his time in the league. And so I really don't think that was an intentional thing. But at the end of the day, you hate to see guys get hurt and you also hate to see guys get suspended for that sort of a thing. So I think it was deserved. Now, obviously, I definitely thought it was a flagrant too, based on just the, the fall and the, uh, the way you see his other hand kind of like flail back. I mean, I thought the officials handled it well, um, I thought the NBA handled it well. I hope Alex Caruso gets better, but at the end of the day, I don't think Grayson Allen is a dirty player to just intentionally try to break someone's wrist.
0: I agree with you. I think the league, I think they took it into their hands well, and I think the suspension was fair. I thought the flagrant, two was fair. But I will say one thing. Um, Anybody that's played basketball before, you know there's, you know, a few cardinal rules of basketball, and one of those being – I agree it was a bang-bang play for sure, but one of those cardinal rules is – if you're going up, if somebody's in the air, it doesn't matter. It'd be different if it was at the end of the game for the win. Maybe maybe you can exclude this rule. But usually 99.9% of the time, if you're up in the air, somebody should not jump with you. And that's the rule as a basketball player. And everybody knows this. When a guy's up in the air, you don't jump with them because you don't know. Something like this can happen exactly like this. And that's the reason why. Um, but I was telling my friend Philip about this the other day. Uh, we know Grayson Allen, he has not done what he's done in college in the league. But there again, you know, what he did in college does, doesn't make it look any better as well because uh, that, that one cardinal rule is the problem I had with it. But when it comes to the punishment, uh, I agree. I think it was fair. I didn't think he needed any more. And um, that's that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And like you said, like, I didn't even get into that. But like, if somebody's coming from two different directions, like I was explaining, you really don't jump with them. But, like, mm-hmm. if somebody's coming to poster you, obviously, you either jump or get out of the way in that sort of situation. But, obviously, this wasn't that situation. So, I 100% agree with that. Like,
0: it was bang-bang. You don't want to yeah, do something. It
1: wasn't. It, it yeah. was. And, like you it said...
0: It wasn't malicious.
1: Know, exactly. You don't want to... Most guys know that that can risk, like, you landing on his ankle or you landing weird, just falling like he fell. Just There's a lot of things that go into that. But I don't think it was malicious. I just think... It was honestly turnover, trying to not allow easy dunk, which Caruso was going up for. I just, I just think it was a bang, bang. And, you know, in the end, somebody gets hurt and it's just, you hate it, obviously. And I guarantee you, if somebody asked Grayson Allen, did or, uh, did you want to get him hurt? He'd be like, no, and I hope he gets better soon. That's just the type of dude Grayson exactly. Allen is. <laughs>
0: All right, the next thing we're going to talk about is our top five MVP candidates. Now, Cooper came to me with a great idea about uh, he's going to give his number five first. I'll give my number five, and we'll count down from there and just talk a little bit about it. So, um, Cooper, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Give me your number five MVP candidate.
1: All right, all right. And I'm also just going to clarify this with my MVP. I I don't have anybody in here who's currently injured, so I'll just go ahead and say that. And then also for me, MVP means most valuable player. Um, mm-hmm. Not who has the best stats on the best team in the league. It's who who's the best player and like yeah. allows their team to win each night. Um, so my number five is uh, the Demetrius John Morant, um, averaging 25 points a game, six rebounds, seven assists, st- uh, one and a half steals, and half a block per game. And right now he is lighting up the league. Um, I mean he is on one right now, and I mean he knows that all star. Uh, starter stuff getting uh, announced Thursday so he's just playing hard trying to get there and just keep people uh, with his name in mind and I mean he's playing out of this world right now and uh, Grizzly had a great win against the Nuggets a few nights ago tough loss against the uh, Mavericks which Lord willing I hope we don't pair up against them in the playoffs but uh, John Morant comes in at my number five right now.
0: I love that. I love that. My number five is Kevin Durant. Even though he's hurt, um, I just had to throw him in my top five. Just out of respect. Uh, The guy is still averaging 29, seven and five. Yes, he's hurt, but God, I mean, in my opinion, he's still the best player in the world when he's on the floor. And I just had to throw him in there
1: uh, at my number five. Facts. Facts. Number four is the Joker. It's not a flashy one. I know everybody's probably like, oh, Lord. MVP from years past. This is boring. Repeat. Rich loss repeat. He looks like I mean,
0: he's got a cold, bro.
1: <laughs> exactly, he does. All I mean, you can't deny what he is doing right now on the basketball court. No. He doesn't have no. his number two or number three, um, and he's putting up twenty-six points per game, fourteen rebounds, seven and a half assists, a steal and a uh, one and a half steals and a block per game. I mean, Jeez. the Joker's doing it again. I mean, and he, I think what he's been. On a triple-double tear the last couple games, like three or four or five in a row. I don't know the number. I know they said it during the Grizzlies game, but I mean, he's he's got his team. Not even in the just the playoffs, but outside, like they're I think they're six seed right now, um, and that's without his top two guys. Um, and you just can't deny what he's doing. And I mean, if the Nuggets didn't have him, they would be down there with the Thunder and Rockets. So definitely mm-hmm. got to put him in the most valuable player conversation
0: you're exactly right uh my number four was your number five with uh oh Demetrius Ja Morant you know us and the Grizzlies and we keep up with them more than anybody and he's just continues to be on a tear and keep that team afloat without Dylan Brooks Desmond Bain uh Kyle Anderson and a slew of others um Ja is Ja he's a freak athlete he's improved his shot tremendously and he continues to perform night in and night out I'm I, uh, I'm almost positive the last three games, he's had 30 plus points and he did grab 14 boards the other night. And the ridiculous thing to me is as a Grizzly fan, he's averaging more rebounds than Jaron Jackson Jr., who's seven foot tall. And that just shows that's effort and uh, want. And I love that out of John Moran. He's not this is not his year to win the MVP, but it's coming very, very soon for sure.
1: I 100% agree. I don't think it'll be this year, but um, he's definitely going to be in that conversation for Lord knows how many years. Um, my number three is uh, the 37-year-old himself, LeBron James. Uh, 29 points per game, seven and a half rebounds, six assists, uh, almost one steal in one block a game. Um, I mean, <laughs> LeBron James is just an animal. I mean... He's in his 19th season. You're not. You're playing with arguably some of the worst supporting casts I've ever seen in my life. Um, you're. You don't even have your number two. Um, and Russell Westbrook's not looking right. Russell Westbrook. Honestly, as an NBA fan, I'm still holding out hope that Russell Westbrook can turn into the triple-double machine that he is. Um, in the mm-hmm. second half of the season but i mean you can't deny what lebron's doing i mean he's he's having one of the best years i've seen him have since i've been watching him um and that's saying something because the dude's an animal every year and like we just said he's in his 37th season or he's 37 years old in his 19th season i think he's 37 mm-hmm. right um i mean no, he's I to put him on there he's literally he's literally holding his team afloat to stay in contention for hopefully the playoffs I, I think he'd prefer to avoid the play-in, but i know they got anthony davis back so hopefully they can kind of make things work
0: yeah we'll see i mean i was i was watching them last night and anthony davis um i i i don't know he looked he looked surprisingly really well but i could not use last night as a thermometer for them, as with a straight face. I mean, they were playing Brooklyn Nets without Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and James Harden was out there with Kessler, Edwards, and whoever the hell else was playing for them. Like a 80-year-old LaMarcus Aldridge, who's still getting buckets. But I mean, I don't know. It was a good get-back game for him. That was a good target for Frank Vogel and the staff. And I think Russ has turning it up. He's looked really good the past few games. So hopefully. I think they'll be able to climb up to that sixth seed, in my opinion. But uh, I'll oh, go ahead and go go with my number three. Mine is Giannis Antetokounmpo. He is, I mean, he is Giannis. He's a back-to-back MVP. Um, Milwaukee's always in the mix with him, and he is just an absolute freak. There's no other way to describe it.
1: I I 100% agree, and that's why your number three is my number two. Um, I hey. Giannis coming in. Giannis is coming in number two. I mean, what more can you say about this dude i mean he's averaging tw- uh 28 and a half points a game 11 and a half rebounds six assists one and a half blocks and a steal i mean night in night out Giannis this is Giannis. i mean you're you're getting what you get he's incredible uh free throw percentage has gone way up since last year at least from the yep. games that i've watched him he looks much much smoother in his free throw speed he, he sped it takes, up yep he, yeah he sped it up a lot um so, that and that's the key. Like, I mean, when I was working on my free throws, the problem was I was taking so long and so you get in your head. And with him, mm-hmm. I think the best thing for him is to speed that up. But I mean, this this Bucks team is always going to be dangerous as long as Giannis is on the court. That's not to say that, I know I kind of am <laughs> defeating what I said at the beginning. Like, this is what team can't live without him. But I mean, yes, you have Chris Middleton. Yes, you have Drew Holiday and other pieces. But I mean, they're beatable without Giannis. And with Giannis, they're kind of almost tough to beat every single night um so Giannis comes in my number two
0: I agree uh my number two is LeBron James and he's LeBron James he's keeping the Lakers afloat you know like you said 37 years old 19th season in the league um LeBron James is just different I'm not a dick rider LeBron but God, I mean, he's on one this year. If you would have told me he's playing like he was when he was 27, but even better at 37, that's just incredible to me. Uh, Dwayne Wade said last night, he goes, I played with LeBron when I thought he was at his best, and he was referring to when he played with him in Miami in his prime at 27, but he goes, uh, this is the best I've ever seen LeBron play this year. So, uh, But you've, you've already went into LeBron, and uh, there's not much else to be said. He's, he's LeBron James. He's one of the all-time greats. So I'll toss it Facts. to you number one, I believe.
1: Number one, I'm, I'm feeling that we might have the same number one. Um, my number one is uh, Joel ugh. Embiid. Um, Joel! I mean, I mean Joel, Joel is on one of the scariest tears of basketball that I honestly have ever witnessed. Um, like, if you're not making an effort to try to watch Joel Embiid right now, you definitely should because he's insane um i mean what more can you say about this dude i know you mentioned uh i think on monday you 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 mentioned all the stats of like 30 point games that he's had in a row and some of their there was 40s and 50s trickled in there and he's doing it from everywhere on the court um literally leading his team without the number two guy because the number two guy still thinking he's gonna get traded to him. um just kind of riding the pine you know and i don't want to talk about him so we're not talking about him but uh joel dabben almost 30 points a game, 11 rebounds, four assists, uh, one and a half blocks and a steal, and he's doing it on some incredible efficiency at the moment. Um, So that's who's my number one. Yep, I mean, you know
0: I was going to put him at my number one, and since I recorded that podcast on Monday, um, he's put up 42 points and 14 rebounds on Tuesday night. So he's making he's making uh, (laughs) a set up to Joel. I'm going to read you his last four games. This is not a two-game stretch or just a flash in the plan. He's been doing this all year. Here's his last four games. 42 points, 14 rebounds. 38 points, 12 rebounds. 40 points, 13 rebounds. 50 points, 12 rebounds.
1: (laughs) Give it to him. (laughs) Go ahead, give it to him.
0: Bro, I just I pray to the Lord that he can stay healthy for the rest of the year because last year he was going to win it but he could not stay healthy. If he can stay healthy for the rest of the year, he didn't even have to perform like I just read. He just has to, you know, get his 25 30 piece every night and he's I mean, that trophy is his. He just has to stay on the floor.
1: I 100% agree. I 100% agree. And you know, I can't not give you an MVP list without giving you like the guys that if they were on a good team they'd Give be in the room because you know, we, we we both know that in the yeah. nba it's more based on your ranking and being the best player on the team than just your stats Oh uh, so i'm gonna start with i have four guys for you and also shout out to steph he was like my i was picking between him and my number five but just Steph's not looking great right now and yeah yeah, and you know, shooters go on slumps. So, you know, I'm still holding out hope that he's going to turn it back up because uh, a league where Steph Curry and LeBron James and Giannis and all these guys and Joel are playing at the level they're playing at is so much fun. Uh, but yeah, I got four guys. I'm going to start at the bottom. I got Trey Young. Uh, Trey Young's averaging 28 points, nine and a half assists. I mean, Trey Young's a beast. His team's just kind of garbage, so people kind of forget about him. And his defense is also atrocious. Yeah. But I believe if he was on a better team, he'd probably be getting talked about a little bit more just based on his counting stats. Um, my next one is, honestly, a guy that just had one of the most insane nights I've seen in a really long time at basketball. And that's Jason Tatum. Um, the Celtics aren't performing very well right now. I don't know if they're about to blow it up and make some trades, get get a little function going, but uh, Jason Tatum's averaging 26, eight and a half rebounds, four assists, a steal on a block, I mean, and he just put up 50-piece the other day, mm. um, J- Jason Tatum's a beast. And then a guy that, uh, two guys that are on small market teams, they're not talked about very much, both their teams are kind of in rebuild mode, figuring out what's next for their franchises, and that's Fred Van Fleet and DeJounte Murray. Um, Fred Van Fleet's averaging 22 points a game, five rebounds, seven assists, 40% from three, um, and, a steal, and a one and a half steals per game, and half a block, and the dude's 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, um, and then DeJounte Murray is a freak. Um, if you don't watch DeJounte Murray, you got to get out there and watch some DeJounte Murray. 19 mm-hmm. points a game, eight and a half rebounds, nine assists, two steals, and half a block. I mean, this guy is literally i don't want to put too much pressure on him but i mean he can be the next russell westbrook probably better um mm-hmm. he he's insane and he's so good and i love him and i watch deshaun timmer whenever i can but i just had to had to put those some guys in love you know i don't think any other will be in the conversation but i I believe those guys are solid players on just not great teams and they're not getting the respect and uh notice that they deserve
0: I agree. Um, we're gonna move on to talking about the Lakers again, of course, because they are the Lakers. But Tuesday a report from Mark Stein came out talking about Russell Westbrook and John Wall and possibly Lakers making a move for John Wall and leaving Russell Westbrook behind. So this is this is what was said. It is expected that Russell Westbrook and Houston would swiftly enter buyout talks if a John Wall trade goes through. So what that means is Houston and LA have been talking about it. Maybe a, a sign and trade or something of that nature but um i just want to get your thoughts on that and would that move the needle for the lakers or uh how do you feel about a john wall for russ trade
1: well i'm I'm actually i'm gonna switch it up on you i'm gonna start with russell westbrook on this front um for russell westbrook getting traded to the houston rockets and then getting bought out to wherever you can you can go wherever you want Mm -hmm. that's incredible for him and i mean i think that'd be perfect for him Mm-hmm. For the Lakers, I'm gonna be real with you. I'd probably rather have Russell Westbrook. I, and don't and don't take that as I dislike John Wall. I love John Wall, um, yeah. but they're hey, John Wall's making 44 million dollars this year, and Russell Westbrook is making. Um, here, hold on. Let me pull it up. Russell Westbrook is making um 41 though per year so you're gaining three million dollars for a guy that you haven't seen play basketball at all this year um if if i'm russell westbrook i'd probably beg for that um and i can go to wherever the heck i want uh, um maybe like a team that could really use a point guard in the knicks or the boston celtics um I mean, for him, that'd be probably best case scenario is I get traded out of a team where the fan base and the fans and all the – all everybody hates me here. Um, and it didn't work out as planned right now. Or and I, or I can stay and just fight the fight and, you know, keep going. Or I can get traded and bought out and I can go wherever I want. Um, that sounds like best case scenario for Russ Westbrook. John Wall, obviously – is the one they're mentioning here because their contracts are so similar. So that's about the only trade you could make unless the team just has a ton of cap room available to take on his contract, which not many do or want to. Um, I'd love to see John Wall playing. So if they can find a way to trade John Wall and allow him to be playing, I love that because John Wall is an incredible basketball player. Um, And I mean, if you haven't watched his mixtape of highlights, when when John Wall was on... He was one of the nastiest point guards in the league. So I would love to see him playing again. But if I'm the Lakers, that sounds like a lateral, if not backwards move. Because you're going to have to fix the team chemistry again. You're going to have to go through the growing pains, the lumps. And if I'm LeBron James, I wouldn't even want that. You know LeBron James has got a say in whatever they do. So Mm -hmm. I don't see if that'd be an uptick in value. Especially because you're gaining more money. So then you can't make any other moves. I don't know. I probably wouldn't do that, but if I'm Russ, I'd I'd love that. And John Wall, because you get to play. But yeah, I don't see. If I don't see that pushing the needle very much for them.
0: I I saw a video come across my timeline today actually of John Wall hitting 23 threes in a row, but it was in an empty gym and he's an MBA <laughs> player. So um, I agree with you. I love John Wall. Let me correct myself. Loved John Wall 10 years ago, but. Facts. Uh, I mean, him coming out as a rookie and hitting the John Wall is the coldest thing I've ever seen in my life, but that was it's like in 09 or whenever, but him, him now, I just, I mean, I've not seen this guy play basketball since 2019, and like, every time I see him, this guy gets another tattoo, and I'm like, bro, no wonder you have $44 million a year, I don't blame the guy, he can get a tattoo, he can get whatever the hell he wants, he's rich as hell, but- Yo. John Wall for Russ, I'd stick with Russ. I mean, I've always been a lover of Russ, but, like, yes, I know he's had a horrible year, but, I mean, he's still Russell Westbrook. He's going to fix it. He started poorly in Houston with James Harden. That was a debacle right when he got traded there. And then once he went to Washington, uh, it started terribly, and they ended up making the play-in, and everybody was giving him his flowers by the end of the year because he broke Oscar Robertson's uh, triple-double record. So, I mean, I feel the same way. It's a lateral and – I don't even think it's, it's lateral. I think it would it, take them back a step. And I don't think I they'll agree. do it. Uh, it All the reports coming out more recently, because this, this came out Tuesday, but even, I mean, things change day by day with this team. And all the reports are coming out saying that Fro- or uh, Frank Vogel may be safe now. So I think they ride it out. Um, I think with AD back, they've only played 15 games with Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. So... I mean, I just think it needs more time to gel together, and I think, I mean, as a Grizzlies fan, I would not want to see them in the playoffs. Yes, we beat them three times this year, but I still don't want to see a team with LeBron James, Russell Westbrook,
1: and Anthony Davis on him. Uh, 100% I do not want to see them in the playoffs, um, but I agree with what you said. I, You just said it. They've played 15 games together, so they haven't really gelled yet. All right, trade Russell Westbrook, and now you have John Wall. They played zero games together, and we're past the All Star break. So, I just yeah. it, that 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 trade doesn't make sense. Now, if you trade Russell Westbrook and get more pieces, as far as like depth, mm-hmm. to allow them to have depth, maybe I can see it. But I don't see a one for one. That just doesn't make sense. And if, if I'm the Lakers, it wouldn't make sense to me.
0: <laughs> I saw I saw uh, something the other day on LakersDaily.com, and this was the uh, title of the report. Lakers have been calling teams, offering Kendrick Nunn and Taylon Hortucker and a first-round pick, and they're receiving zero interest.
1: Jeez, yeah, you know it's tough. It's no, you know it's tough when the only value you have ain't even being valued nowhere.
0: Yeah, every they, Lakers may have been pumping up THT for years now, and I watched them last night, and like there is nothing. There, like this guy's a role player off the bench at best. He's not getting you anything. No. Kendrick Nunn, I haven't even seen play all year. And their no. first round pick, by the way, their only one they have. I'm almost positive is from 2027. Like I'm being dead serious. Like it's that far away. Oh, because they've trained and, me I mean, everything for. From-
1: exactly, and you know, you saying that 2026 or 2027. If I'm a team, I could be like, what are even they even going to look like in 2027? Like I guarantee, yeah. like LeBron might not even be playing basketball. Um, AD might not be there Russ definitely won't be there
0: mm-hmm. Like,
1: I mean you could take a chance on that pick but why? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Why? Yeah. Unless you really value those two guys the pick means absolutely nothing to teams um, yeah. and that just goes to show you nobody wants to trade for an injured Kendrick Nunn they haven't seen all year and Talon Horton Tucker honestly has is probably having his worst year as a as a NBA player in my opinion, I also haven't looked at his stats or watched very many games. So that's probably just an off-the-hat off the, t- off the hat, uh, thought. But, I mean, you don't really have much to go, go on as a Laker right now. Your, your hope did. is to prowl the buyout market, um, cut DeAndre Jordan, because he's no good anymore, and he cannot defend <laughs> a fly. Um, bro, bro.
0: <laughs> when, like, DeAndre Jordan, when his stock was, like, through the ceiling when he was playing with the Clippers and Blake Griffin and Lob City and all that. His stock was through the ceiling. I remember I watched an Inside the NBA and Charles Barkley. This was like back in 2012 where he had a bunch of, like, everybody loved him. He goes, if you put that guy in a gym by himself and said he could not dunk the ball, he could not
1: score. (laughs) (laughs) Facts.
0: I I just had to throw that out there. It makes me laugh every time I think of DeAndre Jordan. I think of that.
1: Oh, that's 100% facts. And here, I, I've pulled up THC uh, stats, by the way. Um, this is, I'm also on Basketball Reference. Shout out to Basketball Reference. Love um, it. 26, he's averaging the most minutes per game played since he's been in the league since 2019. He went from 13.5 to 20 to 26.7 this season. He is shooting a career low 40% from the field, a career low 3.0, point percentage, 24.8% from the field, and <laughs> um, 10 points a game, which is career high, but he's averaging 12 more minutes than his first year. Um, <laughs> he's tied for his career worst in turnovers per game. Um, his lowest per game steals per game. Uh, second career lowest assist. Highest rebounds. Praise God, he's playing 12 more minutes. I'm glad you can get one whole rebound. Um, yeah. I mean, he, his value is not where it would have been at the I mean, his first year, he was shooting 30% from three, 47% from the field, but he was only playing 13 minutes. So people were all, people could see the, okay, maybe there's something there, sort of the thing. But I mean, no, he ain't got the yeah. value. Unless yeah. you're just banking on He's 21 years old. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's your trade piece that you go into the trade deadline looking forward to. No wonder there's no interest. I mean, that was a Lakers website that said they had no interest. So I can't imagine what the actual GM's responses are. They're probably like, Yeah, facts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, so our final question is, in a way, the most interesting one to me. Um, We have not talked about much of this guy, and neither has really anybody nationally. Um, There's this quote from Brian Windhorst via the Hoop Collective podcast, and it's saying this. There's been some chatter in the league about whether the Spurs would be willing to trade DeJounte Murray if it's not this season it's probably this upcoming summer this is a guy who you talked a little bit about earlier he's averaging 19 points a game nine assists and eight rebounds and this is only his fifth year in the league he's 25 years old and he's a long he's listed at six four but he's a long six four he's a he's got a big wingspan he's a great defender he also he gets two steals a game as well um i as a grizzlies fan i fear him every time we play him because uh, he he has a tendency to lock jaw up. And um this guy is he's a very interesting player. And my question to you is, what fits around the league would be best for him if the Spurs move on from DeJounte Murray?
1: Yeah, you you just said it. This dude's a long, long six four. I I I would have been I thought he was six six. So six four kinda sounds short, but I mean he's a long defender. Um and when he came into the league, that's what he was listed as a athletic defender. Um he was really long. They knew the defense would be there. They were just worried about the offense um, and just the fit as a point guard. And so my first team that he fits on, because he'd fit on almost any any NBA team because he's just that good of a player. Um, But if I'm the Spurs, why are you trading your best player? Um, I wouldn't do it whatsoever but that's not what you asked me so that's just my little nugget there because obviously the Spurs should keep him he's their best player um and I would build a build a roster around him he's that good of a player um he's honestly if I could give a comparison for DeJounte Murray um I'd give it to like how OKC is doing with Shea Gilders-Alexander um I love both Mm -hmm. those players they're both long guards both really athletic play good defense Uh, score the most on their team because they're the best players on their team and they set up everybody else and they play just incredible basketball. Um, Now, I'm not telling Spurs to be like the Thunder and just try to take everybody's first round pick and hope and pray that you can make a team out of that. But um, definitely make sure you're weighing your options before you get rid of a guy like this because I think he could be the best player on certain teams and I think he could be the number two on really, really good teams. I agree. Um, So uh, I got a couple teams from each team. Conference. I think I got no, I got three from the east and four from the west. Um, and selfishly, I'm gonna say the Grizzlies, this isn't part of my team, but I mean, if the Grizzlies could get him, I would, yep. I would love that. that I would love that. Um, I don't know, I don't know how much he'd fit with us necessarily. I mean, he plays really good defense and we kind of pride ourselves on good defense. I mean, but I don't know that what the fit with him and Jaw would look like, but I have to selfishly say that because I love DeJounte Murray and I love my Grizzlies so. Yeah. Why not put my two gloves together? But um, so I'm gonna start with my, uh, we'll start with my West teams. So this this first team kind of dependent on a certain player, and that certain player is Zion Williamson. Um, if Zion comes back, so honestly, I'm talking about the Pelicans. If Zion comes back, and Zion is Zion, um, the athletic freak finisher that he is, a Dejounte Murray, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and Jonas team and Nikhil Alexander Walker at the two I would assume that's a that's a nice team um DeJounte can set up for everybody on that court Brandon is an ISO guy himself I don't know how much he would fit into this because they're they've been talked to the Pelicans are looking to get rid of him which is crazy Grizzlies go out and get Brandon Ingram if you want him um but uh (laughs) but I just feel like that'd be a really fun fit um you have a really, you have, that's an athletic lineup. Jonas Valanciunas is playing the best basketball of his career right now. Um, Zion could come back and I mean, that's three athletic freaks that can all create and do their own thing, but then they can also create and play with each other really well. So that's, that's kind of my first one. That just, like I said, that kind of depends on if Zion is able to play again and we also, and it also depends on if Zion's willing to stay in New Orleans. I mean, there's a lot of stipulations with the Pelicans team. They're just kind of a, in limbo sort of a team if I can describe them but uh shout out to Jonas for playing really good basketball this year um my next team (laughs) my next teams we're gonna combine these two together I don't know if they'd have the money for it but both of these teams and I know we just kind of went in depth on one of them are from LA um I could see a fit with the Clippers um that's a team that already kind of prides themselves on defense but you have two guys and uh, PG and Kawhi that are kind of expensive, both injured at the moment. Um, mm. Also, shout out shout out to the Clips for making the Washington Wizards look like bums that they are. Now I'm just gonna piggyback off of that. So the second half of this game, uh, the Clippers outscored the Wizards 80 to 49. Um, <sighs> like, that's just bad. But also, shout out Luke Kennard because he him a mere coffee on, had a dude, heater man. last night. I know, dude. The culture was feeling good last night. But, I mean, he literally – people talk about that and one three that he had. But the play before that, he literally hit a Steph Curry, like, the end of the logo three to make it a three-point game. And then nailed that three and that free throw to win the game. I mean, shout-out to the Clippers. Not so much to the Wizards. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But back – but honestly, I could just see a fun fit with them. I don't know how the money would work or anything like that, but we're not really here to talk about money. We're here to talk about fun fits. So exactly. I can see the Clippers. That'd be a fun team. That'd be a lockdown team. My word, you wouldn't be able to s- score on that team if DeJounte Murray, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard uh, were facing up against you. But I think that'd be a fun team. Uh, they've been kind of in the need of a playmaker. And, I mean, DeJounte Murray's averaging nine assists a game, so he's shown you that he can't be a playmaker in this league. Oh, yeah. um, and he's doing it with, and he's doing it with, not as good players as the Clippers have. So mm-hmm. that's my other one. And then I, I had the Lakers on here, and this kind of is, we just talked about how they have Russ, and they're talking about John Wall. This is dependent on if Russell Westbrook's there or not. Um, if he's not there, and you kind of have the cash base, and you, I mean, he's only making sixteen million a year, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think he's in the second year of a four-year deal. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken let's look um he is making yeah he's making 15 million this year 16 million the next and 17 million the next so he's only 16 million cheap that's a that's a steal of a deal yes I mean, for for a guy that can be a number one on a team as he is right now or a guy that could be uh a number two on a really good team that's just insane value um so him next to lebron and ad i mean <laughs> you tell me Um, I think that'd be really fun to see and this last team um, this is probably my favorite fit for the West other than the Pelicans um, and it's the Denver Nuggets so we talked we talked about them we talked about them a little bit already um, because they have an MVP candidate um, and they're missing their top two guys right now and uh, Michael Michael Porter Jr. uh, get healthy soon my man I hope that back injury get healthy get healthy
0: sometime bro
1: please yeah facts like i (laughs) I really hope that back injury doesn't end in his career because, I mean, he could be a special player. Um, and then Jamal Murray's rehabbing from that ACL. But honestly, this fit, you don't necessarily need a DeJounte, or uh, Jamal Murray to leave. I could see the Murray, Jamal Murray backcourt thriving. Um, wow. Jamal Murray's always been a guy that could be an off-ball type of player. I mean, he's proven it year after year playing with Jokic. Uh, Jokic. I mean, Jokic sets up for him. Um, and he drains threes, makes contested shots. Is a really really aggressive score and he's really good at it um and I could see that and DeJounte Murray would cover for him on the defensive side of things and then you we just talked about it you have <laughs> Jokic who's arguably one of the best one of the best centers uh to play the game um and he's changed the game for centers um and I just think that'd be a fun fit it'd, it'd be scary to play against them because they're a hard team to beat with just Jokic so if you give them their other two pieces and a DeJounte Murray I just think that's that's a crazy fit and that'd be a fun one for me but honestly I'm gonna be real with you I like the west or the eastern conference fits better than any of the Wests.
0: I'm gonna throw in just one more west team before we move move to the east because I agree with you I like uh, the eastern conference fits better but this one is a sneaky sneaky good one in the west and that for me this is a team you and I have seen in person together it's a Minnesota Timberwolves um I would love that. I'd love them to move off D'Angelo Russell. D'Lo, he's he's a great shot maker, but he's not a great playmaker. And I feel like with those nine assists a game that DeJounte Murray is going to give you every night, I feel like that's great alongside Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I think that'd be a fun big three. Um, three younger guys, DeJounte Murray, Anthony Edwards, and Kat. I just think that's fun as hell. And I think they could do that. They, they need to move off D'Lo. It's not working uh yes they're having a better year for the timberwolves but they're still hovering around 500 and i think that that could push them over the needle to become a real playoff
1: team facts and you know what's crazy is i had the timberwolves and i uh deleted it because i was like i don't know they they seem to be pretty content with uh d'angelo russell but i literally thought the timberwolves as well because i was like him setting up and allowing anthony edwards and cat to kind of be the one and two option and him being the playmaker i was like that could be a that could be a squad. Um, Just the athleticism.
0: One of the, yeah.
1: Exactly. And they're not a great defensive team. So, him, him would automatically make them a better defensive team. Uh, so, I agree with that one. I like that fit a lot too. Um, so, I'm going to start with, honestly, I'm going to start with my favorite one. I can't decide which one's my favorite one from the East, but I'm going to start with the one that I think is the best. And that's the, uh, the New York Knicks. I'm going to stick with the New York Knicks. Um, The New York Knicks have not had a point guard since, um, Lord, I don't even know. When when, when was the best point guard? I can't even remember. Probably,
0: uh, John Starks back in 1995.
1: Yeah, back in, (laughs) back before I was even alive, um, the Knicks haven't had a good starting point guard, um, and I just think, I, I kinda, I like the fit of him, R.J. Barrett, um, Julius Randle, Nerlens Noel, and what's uh, their other center's name? Help me out. Uh,
0: Mitchell Robinson.
1: Mitchell Robinson. Sorry, I, I completely blanked. I love Mitchell Robinson. I'm, I'm sorry, Mitchell Robinson, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shut up, Mitch. But, uh, yes, sir. But I, I, I like the Knicks, And granted, they're not having as good of a season this season as they did last season. But I feel like he could fit alongside uh, R.J. Barrett. uh and Julius Randle really, really well. And Thibodeau, being their head coach, he'd probably love to uh, have his hands on a DeJounte Murray. where he's going to play really aggressive defense and he can allow him to play 48 minutes a game because that's the way Thibodeau likes to run. Um, So that, I'm going to stick with them being my favorite, but this is basically 1A, 1B, 1C for me in the uh, Eastern Conference. I really like these Eastern Conference fits. Um, I'm going to go to the next one because I'm going to save this last one for last, but I'm going to go to the 76ers next um Joel Embiid is playing arguably some of the best center minutes that we've seen in our lifetimes um I mean he is insane and he's they're literally winning games with Tobias Harris who I mean don't get me wrong Tobias Harris is a good player um he's not worth his contract um but he's also I I would prefer him not to be my number two um if, but that's just me. Um, his number two is kind of still sitting at home, collecting a paycheck. Um, and you're getting minutes from Seth Curry, who's having an incredible uh, incredible season uh, right now, shooting a lot leather off the basketball. Tyrese Maxey's developing really nicely. Um, Matisse Ibel is your best defender, but he can't hit the broad side of a bar on the other side of the court. Um, I just feel like this would give Joel Embiid that guy that could – be the number two and take away some of the pressures from joel um honestly Dejounte murray and ben simmons are very like granted ben simmons is six inches taller but Dejounte murray can at least shoot the ball um he's just as good as a defender um i mean he was what all he was an all defensive player his second year in the league Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean he has the capabilities to do it and I, just, I don't want them to waste Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is so good, and it pains me to say that he can't win a championship because of the team around him. Um, and I would love to see it, Jonathan Murray and him together. That's Honestly, I might might drop the Knicks to 1B because I really do like the 76ers fit. Um, I just feel like he'd be perfect in Philly. Um, my final one is the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics for a really long time have been wanting just a playmaking point guard yes they've had Kyrie yes they've had up but neither of those guys are known I mean I can't say that Kyrie's not known for his playmaking because uh, he can playmate really well but Kyrie is first and foremost an incredible basketball player and he's incredible at getting buckets uh, at least in my opinion like Kyrie has the nastiest handles in the in the world uh, when he plays it's half the season um, and he can shot create. I mean, what does people know? What do people remember about him in that finals that he got? They remember that step back that he yeah. had that won the series. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, they remember the dagger. Um, but Boston, with the team they have right now, there's really no fluidity on their offense. It's really ISO ball Jalen Brown, ISO ball Jason Tatum, which, don't get me wrong, those are two incredible basketball players, so they can get yeah. their bucket. Uh, but they just there's no flow to their team. Um, and I, I know Marcus Smart said in the locker room that he had to pull Jalen Brown aside and tell him to stop playing ISO ball and stop playing one man ball, um, to start playing as a team more. And I just feel like DeJounte Murray is the best team player you could get. Um, and I feel like he could really allow that team to have some, uh, gelling, I guess would be the word, just allow them to like actually gel into a decent offense. He, he's an incredible defender. We talked about it all night. Um, and he'd also help them on the defense side of the ball. Um, And I just feel like that'd be a decent fit for them. And they could use a solid playmaking point guard. And it doesn't have to be a DeJounte Murray level playmaking point guard. It could be a Ricky Rubio type point guard for all I care. But they need a point guard that can playmake and facilitate an offense.
0: I completely agree. And uh, I just think he can help every team. And that's crazy. Everyone, I promise him and I do not talk before we go on these topics purposefully because we we want to like have different answers but i wanted to were the knicks and sixers as well uh back to the knicks Kemba. Kimba's not cutting it and Kimba and Alec Burks backcourt is just not doing it for them this year and D. Rose is old he had a great six-man season last year but uh they need to move off all three of them in my opinion when it comes to 76ers yes there's been reports that uh Daryl Morey is waiting for uh James Harden in the offseason because Harden's uh kind of upset in Brooklyn right now with the whole Kyrie situation but um if you can't get Harden I can see uh Honestly, I'd give up Ben Simmons for DeJounte Murray. I I really would. I think uh, Murray and Tyrese Maxey's fun as hell. And you got a shooter in Seth Curry. So even though Murray's not a knockdown three-point shooter, he gives you that defense that they're missing with Ben Simmons out. And he's he's a walking bucket. And he gives them that playmaking ability that Maxey and um, Seth Curry kind of
1: lack, too. Facts. Um, And, you know, I didn't even think about Tyrese Maxey. You could literally have... Maxie or Curry go to the six-man role and have a really solid, incredible player coming in as off your bench to lead that unit. So, like, I don't know. I just, I really wish the 76ers could get off Ben Simmons and end this saga. Um, mm-hmm. Just because I want to see Joel Embiid succeed, and I hate the fact that he's having to do what he, he's having to do. Like, you're just. At the same time, yes, we're getting to witness some of the greatest basketball from a center. That I've seen, but we're also watching them literally take away years off his career because he's having to put so much into this season. Yeah. Yeah. And he's an injured player. He's a, I mean, he gets injured a lot. So like, you're just forcing him to play more minutes and play harder to keep them afloat. Um, but I don't know. Exactly. I'd love to see DeJounte Murray flourish in a really successful team because, I mean, what are those birds right now? Where are they in the standings? Hmm? Western Conference. They are they're the 12th seed so they're two games mm-hmm. out from the play in game just to compete in the play-in game two and a half actually so mm-hmm. i mean you just don't like i mean we we said his stats all night we said how good of a defender he is it's it's just sad to see someone with that good of talent not succeeding in the nba
0: yeah and i agree and one last thing before we get out of here back to the sixers thing um I, I was listening to the Mismatch podcast and they had on Adam Lefko, who is the uh, TNT Tuesday night host for their basketball broadcast. And he's a huge 76ers fan. He has a bunch of connections in that city. And he brought up something that I didn't think of because whenever I saw that they're waiting on Harden, it made sense to me because uh, their president, Morey have been high on him for years. And Harden's unhappy, so it just felt like, like it could fit. But... Lefko had this to say, he just, he said that uh, he could be throwing that out there because Simmons' stock is so low right now that he could uh, just be throwing out fish in the water to kind of, you know, hey, Sacramento King, hey, Atlanta Hawks, Uh, you know, James Harden's willing to come here, so you need to uh, give us, you know, another first-round pick alongside uh, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, whoever the hell Sacramento has to offer, Tyrese Halliburton, whatever, and maybe they're trying to get, he's throwing that out there to try to get more out of the teams he's already had discussions with i just thought that was an interesting point
1: no and i agree that could just be kind of throwing a, throwing something out there to get the water stirring again because obviously you, the last time you saw this man play basketball was when he was catching the most heat because uh, he gave up a wide open dunk that cost him a series um so, I mean, I agree. I think that could just be kind of throwing out something just to kind of hope it catches. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, I, I honestly, I can't wait until February 10th that we're sitting here talking about what trades have gone down. It's going to be really
0: uh, yes. unsettling
1: when there's nothing to talk about. If we don't get trades, I'm going to be really upset. So, uh, I can't wait. They for will come. Trade season. They
0: will come, and we will have a trade deadline special. You... uh We will definitely do that for sure. It's going to be a lot of
1: fun. Yeah, February 10th. Can't get here fast enough, man. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Exactly. All right, I'm going to let you get out of here. Thank you so much for coming on again this Friday. And I hope you have a great
1: night. Yes, sir. You too. Happy to be here.
0: I'm here. That is a wrap on Friday's podcast. Special thanks to Cooper for coming on. Special thanks to everyone listening. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend.